right. I want to start real quick, just with a quick prayer. Um, just that's, I need to surrender. Father God, I, I thank you so much for this day, and I thank you that, Lord God, you blessed it, Lord God, even before it uh, began. Father God, I thank you so much uh, for what you've you've done so far in me, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you for this this message, Lord God, today. Father, just let your Holy Spirit speak. Let me get out of the way, Lord God. Just let only your Holy Spirit speak to your people. Father God, just bless it today, Lord God. Let it not return void as you have promised, Lord. All these things I ask in Jesus' name, I pray, amen. So last week, uh, I've been told you guys, we we talked about courage. It's a building up. A desire for righteousness, uh, a desire for uh, you know, goodness and, and mercy and grace. But where do you go from there? And that's when the Holy Spirit said, well, you put them up.
the, 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 oh, there it goes. Oh, I'm much louder than this. <laughs> okay, I won't touch it. I won't touch it. Everyone can hear me now. Okay. How about everyone outside? All right. So now that the groundwork has been laid as far as who we are called to be, how do we get there? The Bible lays out that we are to be trained. Though as soon as we are saved, we are under a new covenant. Though we are, as soon as we are saved, there is no more condemnation. There is, there is no more death after, after our physical death. We must be trained, and I thank God that he's continually training me. Because if he wasn't, I would not be up here. Um, it says in, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, if you, if you guys don't already have this uh, marked in your Bible or have it memorized, very, very handy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good worth and work. I went to verse 17 on that as well. And I, for, for the longest time, I believed that it was just okay. So, um, when, when, or if I'm a pastor, or if I'm this, then that's what the word is, is supposed to be. It's all supposed to be about. Um, you know, me teaching others, me correcting others, me uh, training other people in righteousness. But where, where do I get trained? Where do I get taught? And that's really what it's explaining. It's saying that God teaches us through what? Through his word. It is perfect. All scripture is breathed out by God. Every bit. There is, it says in the word that it will never return void. So I'm not saying that you guys should just flip through, okay, um, it's Monday, so I'm going to blindly flip, 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 uh, okay, um, be fruitful, multiply, go out throughout all the world and, 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 and make it, and then you flip, 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 uh, I curse you that you may never uh, bear fruit again. Oh, no, what is going on? I'm saying that dig into the word, dig deep. Because it is goodness, and it is good for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, which is exactly what we're called to be. We are called to be warriors, built up, brought up, and trained in righteousness. Now how, how, once, once, we're, once we have decided that we, are, that we will, will be trained, because that's one thing you have to fight, is, <laughs> and I have to deal with this all the time, is, well, I know, I feel like I know what I'm supposed to do. If I walk up and I and I I, uh, I go and I, I read a newspaper or or I pick out a cereal, God has no God has no point in that. He has no he has no plan in that. But no, what needs to be understood is that I can do nothing separate from my God. I can do nothing separate from my Lord. I want to turn to Ephesians chapter six verses ten through twenty. Talking about the armor of God. 
you another minute to find it. Lucky me, I've been given an iPad. says in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, all circumstances take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the word of the spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication in thanksgiving. To that end, keep alert in all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me, opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. When you go into the military, you are given, you are commissioned, sorry, you are commissioned, uh, uh, uniform, boots, uh, weapon, and miscellaneous other objects. You are to train with those weapons. You are to know what they are, so that if something were to break down, if something were to uh, you know, mishap, you would be able to either fix it or improvise. And you are also to train so that you would understand what to do in all situations. It is the very same. We are to train with the armor every day, putting it on daily. The helmet of salvation. Why would it be a helmet? I would call that you would, I would, I would ask that you would know the Lord, not feel him, that you would know him, starting in your mind, ending in your heart, understanding who God is and who you are in him. What is your identity in Christ? You are all sons and daughters and warriors. Next, you are, you are able to put, you are to put on the belt of truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Those two go hand in hand. Your righteousness is, is uh, molded through the understanding of who God is through his word. And all Word is truth. It comes directly from the Father. Shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Though we are warriors, we are not to just rush in and go, you believe in Jesus now. We are to show what perfect peace is and perfect love is. We are to be examples. That when people see you and they look at you, they know who you are. And they say, I want that. Unfortunately, in the, through the media and through many others who don't understand what true love is through God, we've been given a bad rep. And it's our duty as warriors of Christ 
to show who God is. To understand who God is. And to put on the armor of God daily. The shield of faith that you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one. The, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want to talk real quick about the shield of faith. And believing who God is. Because I'll tell you what. I have, I have, I can't tell you how many times I have spoken with people. And even, even in my own, in my own life where they say, I can't, I don't know why I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling. I'm having such a tough time. I, I keep, I don't want, I don't want to sin. I don't want to. Who does? Who really wants to say, well, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to separate myself from God today. And what they're saying is, I'm struggling. What their meaning is, I've put my hands down, I'm against the ropes, and I'm just getting hit. Put on the armor. Put up your hands. The armor of God fits your renewed soul perfectly. And it is, not, it is not designed for those who don't know the Lord. It's not going to be comfortable in the flesh. You're not going to be able to please God in the flesh. That's just the way that, that, it, that it works. So once you know the Lord, you must put that armor on daily. It is a constant fight. It is a constant battle. But God brings rest throughout. Turn with me real quick just to Psalms 144, verse 1. I know that we've been called to war and we've been called to battle and this is something that's just it's just a, a, a reminder of who God is and who the Lord is. it says blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle it goes on to say in verse 2 he is my steadfast love and my fortress my stronghold and my deliverer my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. We're called to battle. We're called to war. So God is going to supplement what we need. He's going to provide what we need. And he's going to make us who we need to be. I'm going to be going to a lot of stuff today. It's okay. Turn with me real quick to 1 Corinthians 9. 16 through 27. Can you believe I had to leave some verses out?
touched it. Oh, I touched it. For if I preach the gospel that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may re- re- sorry, I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law. Thought not being myself under those, or though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might have some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that all in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do not receive; they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we have an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Now, is he explaining that, well, I had to put on a guise and uh, lie to people and uh, try to trick them into loving Christ? No, of course not. He is still under the law of Christ, but he's become a servant to all people in order to reach them for Christ. He understands their needs and serves them in love and righteousness. He says later, all runners run, but we must train our bodies and our minds to keep them going in private and public. I urge you to be the man or woman who doesn't have to put on the air of righteousness simply to be transformed by grace into righteousness. Now this is going to take a lifetime of effort. That's why it's a race. We're running running from the very beginning to the end. And he explains that if I'm, if I'm preaching or, or doing anything to my own right, whether it be your job or your family life, whether, no matter what it is, if it is not to the glory of God, he's, you've already received your reward. Whatever happens on earth, that's it. It's talking about a heart change. There has to be a heart change, a difference inside, and then it comes out. He says your reward is in heaven. So to be trained in righteousness, we have to be, we have to fight uh, for our right, your righteousness. When <clears throat> the gift of, of, of salvation is free, it is a free gift. It is not something that we have to earn. However, to be sanctified, to be set apart, it takes effort. It takes uh, dedication. It is, a, it is a constant fight of yourself through temptation. Any and all temptation is the attempt of the flesh to take your attention off of God. And in 1 Peter 5 eight, it tells you to be sober, be vigilant. For your enemy, the devil, 
roams like a lion seeking whom he may devour. And I urge you to know God so that in these times you know what is not God. Say you know somebody who only drinks Coca-Cola and they're put on a blind taste test. Coca-Cola, Pepsi. They're going to know which is which every time. Someone who doesn't drink soda might not know the difference. But I'll tell you right now, if you drink one, you will know what is not. And if you drink from the Father, if you, if you drink of the Holy Spirit, the living water, you will know what is not. Turn with me real quick to James 1. Starting in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, trials and temptations are two totally different things. And it says in verse 12. Starting in verse 12 of chapter, sorry, James chapter 1. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say he is tempted when when he is being tempted. I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he, he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. The desire, then desire which it has conceived, births, uh, gives birth to sin, and the sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. For the wages of sin is death. But where does it start? So since the very beginning, when Adam had the first sin, we were, we were cursed under, under that sin. And from on that time, our flesh has been <clears throat> guided by sin. And before the time where you said, Lord, you are my Savior, you are God, Jesus, you are my Lord, I believe that God raised you from the dead, you really didn't have a choice. You had a choice to be a good person or a not good person, but you'd never really had, you never really had, goodness, there we go. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. You never really had the choice to not sin. However, trials and temptations are two totally different things. Temptation is brought from our enemy, from Satan. Trials. Trials are so good. Trials are what God says, I believe that you will make the wise decision. Here is difficulty. Trust me in it. Temptation does not come from God. He tempts no one. In uh, verse, uh, f- sorry, chapter First Peter, uh, chapter four, verse twelve, starting in verse twelve. I did warn you ahead of time.
says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when the glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. We're called to suffer. Not as, not as a constant, oh, woe is me, I'm, I'm suffering, I'm, I'm dealing with terrible, terrible. But as, as trials come, because they're going to come, we are called to suffer as Christ did. Not giving it a temptation. Not being led astray. And uh, I can tell you right now that Christ was, was tempted in everything. It says so in, in Luke uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Um, yeah, we've got, we got plenty of time. It's a quick story. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned, to the Jordan, or returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory. For it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil had ended every temptation. He departed from him until the opportune time. Jesus was tempted with everything under the sun. He was tempted and suffered and did not sin. It is so important to know who your God is and know his word. It is so important because when those fiery darts come, when you have been pushed through trials, you can put up your shield of faith and say, I know what my, my, who my Lord is. I know who my God is. And that is not who he is at all. 1 Corinthians 10.13 put verses with every single point because I don't want there to be a single time where I may be in my own strength. There it 
Titus 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But the, with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Let's stop right there. <laughs> so, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Everyone has had the same temptation as anyone else. There is nothing that is on this earth that has come before you that someone else has not already at some point dealt with. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. It says in other, it says in other verses, in other, other variations that we will not be tempted beyond what we can bear. It's a very important wording. Beyond what we can bear. A lot of people say, I, I, I just can't, I can't handle this. I can't handle this. It doesn't say in the Bible that we won't be tempted beyond what we can handle. No. It says we won't be tempted beyond what we can bear. If we could handle everything, then we wouldn't need God. And isn't it awesome that God will not allow us to have temptation beyond what we can bear? Because I can guarantee you it's out there. And there is a constant barrier. A constant protection from the Lord God that keeps us from being tempted beyond what we can bear. And he says, with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you will be able to endure it. There will always be that moment. There will always be that moment right before. Because your heart and your mind belong to the Lord, he will say, this is not where to go. Turn. Flee. And no righteousness. So first was to fight your ten, for, to fight for real righteousness is, is a breakdown of temptation. The next is to resist. It says in Second Timothy, if you'll turn with me real quick, Second Timothy chapter two, starting in verse nineteen. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So what do you do from, with temptation? So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from the pure heart, having nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies, you know that they, are, they, they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to preach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. When I was a kid, um, my parents would always say, well, your last name is important. 
Not because of what it means, but what it means to her family. Before, before you have been saved, before you have known Christ, you were an orphan. Did not have a heavenly father. But once you have decided that this is who I am, that I am a child of God, your last name is synonymous with Christ, is synonymous with the Lord. So when you walk out of the home, what are you doing to represent your family? Be cleansed of what is dishonorable, that you may be easier used. That's just that's just common. I mean, it should be common sense. <laughs> Because I'll tell you what, when you are wrapped up in, in, in just, just wrongdoing, I'm just going to be real simple and not use iniquity a bunch. <laughs> when you are wrapped up in things that are not of God, man, does it get you down. Man, does it just pull you down away from knowing who you are and knowing your identity in Christ. So repent and stay away from it. This is not a message of legalism and and condemnation and to make you feel like you can't be somebody who you're supposed to be. It It is a message of faith and goodness and mercy and grace and love. Depart from iniquity because the Lord has claimed you. You are his now. 1 Timothy chapter 6, two verses. Starting in verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness. Godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made. The good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So, saying, you told everyone who you are. Better act like it. The only way to do that is to know who God is. And to have it, just let it, allow his Holy Spirit just to speak to you. Spend time with him. It's all you got. It's all you can ever have. Anything that you you have can be taken from you at any moment. The most valuable thing is your time. And you want to grow in faith? You want to grow in love? You want to allow the Lord to transform you into, into goodness and mercy? Spend your time. Okay, I'm going to skip, skip a little bit because I know we're running out of, we're going to run out of time if I could just keep going. Chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 18, 7 through 9. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 7. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come. But woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. 
It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than two eyes to be thrown into the hell, into the hell of fire. Now, this is not, of course, saying to amputate yourself at any time. Of course not. It's saying if something is in your life that is getting in your way, that is taking your mind off of Christ, that is taking your eye or your, or your, your hand, anything that, that it could be used for God's glory, get rid of it. It has no place in you. You can't take it with you. It's not something that is going to be eternal. I can tell you right now that I had uh, some of the youth over a while ago, those who, who know me uh, even a little bit know that I play video games sometimes. All the times? Not all the times. I don't have time anymore. Too old. Uh, I had the youth over one, one time, and, and Gabe looks over at my collection, because I collect, and he says, whoa, you got, uh, you got Grand Theft Auto there, which I phew, hadn't played for a long time, and I said, hmm. Hmm. So if I am to be a representative of Christ, and those who look upon me and see something that is is not of God. And I'll get to this in just a moment in 1 Corinthians 9 about they will, they will think it's all right. It's okay. And it's not some, it, has, it has no part in my life. I'll tell you right now, my collection has gotten smaller and smaller. Because I'll tell you, as soon as, as soon as you know that something is taking your focus off of God, if something might possibly take your stray away from, stray you from God, I'm not saying get rid of everything in, in that you have. You are, you are given life to live life and more abundantly. But the way to live life more abundantly is not to be weighed down by the things of this world. You are called to live in the world, not of it. Let's talk about rest real quick. Because I think, I'll tell you what, I think we have a, a real skewed idea of what rest is. Starting in uh, Matthew chapter 11. Verses 28 and 30. 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is Jesus talking to people, saying those who are, who are just continually held back either by the law or, or, or things that are, are just weighing you down that, are, that make you think I can't do it all I can't be who I think God wants me to be God knows you're trying he knows you're putting just, just, just putting forth all of this effort but he says come to me and rest my yoke is easy wait a minute rest put on a yoke those things don't seem to work hand in hand, but they do. For rest is not simply saying, okay, God's got me at all times. I'm just going to lay back and God's got it and go. Because what I say before, God gave you life so that you may live it more abundantly. 
To live life more abundantly means putting on the yoke of who Jesus is. Putting on, just taking up your cross. Denying yourself. Who you are is dead now. The old man is dead. Take that off and put on the yoke of Christ. Because his yoke is easy and light. Because he will carry you through it. He's not going to do it all for you. God uses people. But you have to take that step. Our souls were never meant to be put on retirement. We must always bring glory to the Lord. Rest is not staying in one spot for an extended period of time as we describe it. Rest should be considered as a peace of mind that the Lord will never leave us in trials or temptation. He will bring us to rest by having us go through trials, always stretching our faith. Real quick, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to read all of it. (laughs) Starting in verse 1. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? I have not seen Jesus our Lord. Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not uh, you my workmanship in the Lord? If not to others, I am not an apostle. At least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship. Do I have this right? I think I may have chosen the wrong verse. Doggone it. Yes. Oh, doggone it. Okay, here we go. Chapter 8. <laughs> so sorry. That's good. I'm glad we talked about it this morning. Because, <laughs> hmm. All right, starting in verse 1 of chapter 8. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but loves, love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought know. Well, that's, that's a tongue twister. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven and or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, the one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist, However, not all possess this knowledge. But some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and we are no better off if we do. But take care of this right of yours. Do not, yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, he will not be encouraged. If this conscience is weak, to eat food offered to idols. And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother from for whom Christ died. Thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will not eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. I will not allow anyone, youth, kids, adults, I don't care if you, if you, if there's something in your life that would cause you to stumble, 
I will not have it around you. I will not have it in my home, whether it is good or not. That's exactly why I decided that's got to go along with this, 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 and this. Whether it be secular music, video games, if we are to make disciples of every nation, then we need to live in a manner of righteousness. Finally, I want to to set real quick on on, um, James 4, verse 7. Letting the Lord fight your battles. Because we are called to be warriors. We are also meant to call on the name of the Lord in times of trouble. Because if we do anything of our own strength, we're going to fail. I can do nothing separate from my Lord. Allow me to catch up with you real quick. In James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is a promise. This is a gift from God that says, Resist the devil, resist temptation, and he will flee from you. So if you flee from sin, if you see something coming, we were always taught in, in, in football uh, to we got to cut, step, and move. The way that we were meant to go, if there was some sort of temptation or some sort of blocking or some sort of something that was going to keep you from your from your goal, you got to step, move, flee from it, flee from temptation, and that is how you resist the devil. You can achieve resistance. When you decide to submit, submit to God and achieve resistance. I want to tell you another story real quick. In uh, Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. when Jesus is calling his disciples on one occasion while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God he was standing by the lake of uh, I'm going to attempt it Genesaret this is Jesus standing there and he saw two boats by the lake but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets getting into one of the boats which was Simon Simon's he asked him to put out uh, uh, from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let, your, let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boats. So they began to sink No luck all night, but by the word of the Lord, Peter submitted. Under any and all fire, under any and all difficulty, Peter submitted and said, Lord, Master, if you say, if you say so, 
after they've already cleaned the nets, I will let them down. And they pulled up more fish than the boat could handle. Submit to the Lord and you will see victory. I'll make sure. Last, last story. Exodus. Going to Old Testament. Old school. Chapter 17 in Exodus. Starting in verse 8. It was in the time where Israel were just one battle after the next. Where Moses sent uh, his, his, the servant Joshua, the warrior Joshua, to go fight, the, uh, go fight Amalek. It says in verse 8, Then Amalek came down and fought, and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Cho- Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. While Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. While Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other, So his hands were steadily until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named and called the name of it. The Lord is my banner, saying a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Above all, God wants you to believe him and trust what he says is true. And he will go before you and fight your battles. The moment that you no longer believe what the Lord says is true is the moment that you've called him a liar. And lies only come from the father of all lies, our enemy, Satan. So God urges you to believe what he says and believe that he will walk with you and go before you and fight your battles. This is going to be a constant every day of your life. The world that we live in will try to knock you down. And while you are down and lie, not kick you while you are down and lie to you, you're better off not getting up. Last verse comes from John 16, verse 33. says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In all difficulties, in all tribulation, in all temptation, in all trials, in everything that you was from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you go to sleep every single day, Live that with the understanding that Jesus has already come. He's already overcome the world. You simply have to believe what God says is true. Submit to his authority and take that step in the action of faith. The Lord will do the rest.
So put them up. And the Lord will fight your battles. Let's pray.